Hello and welcome. My name is Mark Blatstein, the physician who founded Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service. This YouTube six YouTube series is regarding things that you need to plan for before you surrender. And the first one is going to be planning on interacting with your case manager. And your case manager is one of your stakeholders. Your stakeholders includes your attorney who initially didn't know anything about you, the probation officer who did your pre-sentence interview who also didn't know anything about you. But by this point, you've if you've had your interview, uh, you've already written your personal narrative, your re-entry or release plan, and you've had both of them included into the pre-sentence report. The prosecutor knows now who you are because they've read your narrative. And your judge, who's also a stakeholder, all of these are individuals who are going to affect your future. Other stakeholders are going to be people that you don't know, which are going to be individuals who work for the Bureau of Prisons and Grand Prairie, Texas. And these people are going to look at your pre-sentence report and they're going to place you into a BOP facility. They don't know you, but they're going to get your information from your pre-sentence report. And lastly, are going to be individuals in the Federal Bureau of Prisons itself. And probably from your perspective, as far as the radio station WIIFM, which most staff at the Bureau of Prisons listens to, which is what's in it for me, you're going to also have to listen to that same radio station because the case manager is also going to be a stakeholder and they're going to determine how smooth a transition you are going to have through the Federal Bureau of Prisons and then out the other side into either halfway house or straight to home confinement. And so a little bit of housekeeping, if you will. First, I'm going to review, let's see, compassionate release through the CARES Act. The initial CARES Act, which is from 2018 due to COVID, that's due to expire June 10, 2023. But the United States Sentencing Commission is looking at parts of it. So as recently as February 2023. So we'll see what they will come up with. If you, before your pre-sentence interview, you had any of the indicators to be included in RDAP, which is the drug program that allows you to get up to a year off your sentence. Hopefully, you, if you had an indicator that allowed you to be eligible, you weren't talked out of it. And at least that is in your pre-sentence report because it will make a lot of difference to getting you up to a year off your time. Lastly, is in addition to your narrative, which is your story that you have written because up until 
that point in time before your pre-sentence interview, the Department of Justice has presented their story or their narrative view throughout the press. And everyone has read it, your colleagues, your family, your friends, the, the judge, the prosecutor, hopefully not the probation officer, and that is your indictment. And so your, your job, hopefully, has been to take 25, 50 hours to sit and write a thought-provoking narrative of how you've gotten from childhood to this place in your life where you've broken the law, you've accepted responsibility, you understand there have been victims you have harmed, and you know that you have to make things right. Uh, so your release plan, how do you make a release plan at this point where you haven't even been sentenced? Well, here are a couple ideas where you could possibly think about saying, and this is going to be small, the release plan is something that takes on a life of its own, if life of its own, if you will, as you're in prison for a period, and you continually add to it, because this is going to be something you add to daily. But at the very beginning, you could start it by saying that, you you know, you since your indictment and arrest, you've had time to think about everything you've done. And previously, you didn't even you never recognize that you that these decisions were as bad as they were, but you realize that it's not about you, it's about your victims and what you did and the things you have to do to make things right. And I say this because that was me. So I didn't have the good fortune of having someone like me talking to me. Because it took me 15 years to like really have a heart to heart with myself. And so it is important for you to have this heart thought provoking conversation with yourself and lays out what happened because the judge judge really wants to know plus the judges are going to want to know what you're going to do so you're not back in his courtroom again he doesn't want to see you back there i know that too and why the release plan you know again I mean, I had, when this happened to me and I had the felony 20, maybe 20 years ago, I was I'm grateful that I was able with support of colleagues in uh, medical school dean that I had my license reinstated in 2010. But, you know, I would terrifying moments. I mean, the first was a knock at my front door, the federal lawsuit. The second was that all I knew for my entire career was, you know, medicine and surgery. I didn't know what I was going to do if I wasn't able to do that. Um, so, you know, it's important to begin thinking about what you're going to do at the, you know, as this temporary event, no matter whether it's a year and a day, it's five years, whatever that time timeline is, nine years, whatever it may be, it's going to end. And so it's planning on what do you do at that point in time. And so that is kind of what you need to begin to start thinking about. And so adding to that release plan, you can also add to it. So while you were waiting, you know, for the pre-sentence interview, you read about programs that was available through the First Step Act that can address your criminogenic needs. And there's much you, much you can learn.
And so this is kind of a good place for you to start. And so what are you going to be now your next? You're going to be your, your next immediate goals. So your first immediate goals when you first meet your case manager is that you want to be able to let them know if you're given the chance that you want to participate in the financial responsibility program. This is a big deal on many levels because Congress is going to or has made it to where they want uh they want the it, it it's a must that you have to be able to present or to to provide money to the BOP monthly. So if you're making I don't know how much of a penalty if you have no penalty then this does not apply to you. If you have um multi-million dollars, you know, lots of money, we I don't advise I don't think anyone really advises that you keep thousands of dollars in your commissary account. If you're you can have you can probably spend anywhere to several hundred to several thousand dollars a month. If you think you're going to spend a thousand dollars a month, be willing to offer to pay several hundred dollars a week to the uh, case manager towards your towards your restitution or fine to, to comply with your the financial responsibility program. But you can't do nothing if you're going to if you are only going to take in a couple hundred dollars a month. So maybe you can offer $25 a week or $25 a month. Uh, but it leads to, you need to have something because if the Department of Justice had their wish, at least is what they had in print, they'd like to come in and take 75%. That's not law because the Bureau of Prisons doesn't want that. They make a profit from every all the money that is spent at commissary and they use that to pay their bills. So that's the first thing. The second is that you want to request, you want to take the SPARC 13 assessment. You want to take your criminogenic needs assessment. And that allows you to begin to participate in the First Step Act programming. And that is a very big deal because for every 12 months of programming, you can you could probably get approximately six months of early release. But there's still confusion because we are now in March, and I would say about a week or two ago, I read that the Bureau of Prisons has now their third iteration of First Step Act calculations, which I've only read, read about it once online, but I'm sure there's going to be more talk about it where they're going to only give 10 credits per month for the first year of incarceration. They're not going to count the first assessment, which has to be done within the first 30 days of anyone's arrival. Now, this may not be final, as it appears to conflict with the intent of Congress's law of the First Step Act, as the First Step Act. And that is, is that within the first 30 days, you're supposed to be assessed. You're supposed to take your first assessment. And so that a first assessment is supposed to count. And so I'm not sure how it works. They're trying to, you know, be sneaky and say they're not going to count it. 
And so that means your first assessment is second six months after that. And then your second assessment is six months after that, which is a year. And we, we no one knows where that's going to be. So while it's upsetting, don't let it, you know, change your focus point because we have no control over that. The people in Congress, they will, they will do that fight for us. Next is going to be the first, when you're taking the first step back, there's going to be certain things and other things that if you choose to is not only going to help your stay go smoother, it's also going to help maybe expedite an earlier release. So we can't go ahead and we can't go ahead and blame the what the Bureau of Prisons is putting their policy and put all that on top of the case manager because they're not responsible for that. And so here is what I feel and what others who are smarter than I feel is a good prudent way for you to begin your stay in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And this is as follows. When you prepare for your taxes, you gather and document everything. When you prepare to buy your new home for the first time, you prepare and gather all your information. It's all documented. Well, this is what you're going to do here too. Once you pass the, once you get your first assessment and your case manager says, We're, th these are the programs we feel that you should take. You are going to go be grateful and you're going to say thank you. And if they tell you to take a class on how to balance your checkbook and your career has been in banking, you're going to say thank you. I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to learn and I'm sure there's something I can get out of this. If they're going to tell you to take a course on knitting and learning how to sew your underwear, you're going to say thank you. Because if you refuse to, that's going to be a big negative. And it may go against you as far as getting them offering other courses, classes for you, other programming, as well as go against you being accepted into early release. And so as you take these classes, you should begin to start building a habit of documenting, uh, journaling, try and find yourself on Amazon before you go in a a notebook that's lined but that has inspirational quotes on every page because and it's paperback and they're cheap they're six bucks give or take a couple dollars but you want to have some sort of line notebook because the bop won't allow a book to come in that doesn't have that's all blank with lines in it so it can be sports related religious related anything it just has to have, you know, some sort of wording on the inside. So whatever makes you happy on the inside. I'm trying to put together a journal that, you know, a line journal that I can publish, put in there that's cheap, but life keeps getting in the way. So it hasn't been done yet. You want to be able to journal. And every day that when you take the class, you want to write what you learned from it, what you liked from the class, what you liked about the teacher and some positive things 
even if you didn't find something. And also you want to write in the notebook, you know, the day, date, time that you took it, that all has to be there. In addition, you want to be grateful to the case manager for recommending it. Find something in there to be grateful for the case manager for recommending and find something on each session that you take of the, of the class. Because for case managers, the, there's only what they need to see incremental improvements to see that your criminogenic tendencies are getting better. And so in order to find incremental improvements, other than the recommendations that I'm beginning to describe to you, I don't know of any other way to document this. And you want to document it for, for your future insurance or security. And so if you can think of a better way, then do it. But I don't know of another way. And so the first way is going to be writing a journal of everything, every class about every teacher and every day that you do this. Second, and this becomes part of your reentry plan. These notebooks are make up your reentry plan. And into this reentry plan, as I said at the very beginning, is that, you know, since your indictment, you're, you're in your arrest, you've had time to think about it. You recognize you had bad decisions. It's not all about you. You have to make things right. Your programs that are addressing your criminogenic needs, there's much for you to learn. This is a great time for you to start. You, then you can review the investigation, your criminal charge, plea hearing, guilty hearing. You can't change the past, but you can influence and change your future. Books, nonfiction books. You should, if you're going to prison for one year and you figure you can read two books, so you know, ever a book a week, you should have two books come in at a time, spread them out so that if you're there for one year, you have enough books coming in for a year. If you come, if you're in, going to be there for five years, you have books coming in for five years. And these are books that are nonfiction books. They're biographies, things that interest you. It can be science. It can be history. Um, it can be philosophy. It can be anything you want, but something that will teach you something. And as you read these books, <clears throat> note the author. If you liked the book, if you didn't like the book, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. Did you like the author? Did you respect them or didn't? If there are things that you're taking out of this particular chapter, maybe you can use them. If it's a marketing book on marketing or how to sell things, whatever it is, if it's on crypto, because they're on the news lately, everybody's getting in trouble. If it's on banking, whatever it may be. And if it's something you can use later on when you get out or while you're in prison, if it's on life skills, whatever that may be, I have, you know, 20 some odd books for you to start on, on the, on my website, but you want to keep the books coming paperback. They're cheap. And you don't want one person with the responsibility of sending them in. So schedule them and divide it up among family and friends so that they're, each person knows the dates that they're supposed to send them in. And then as they come in, you read them, you journal them, and it's every day. And now you begin to be, build up your release plan. And so that as you meet with your case manager the first time, you say, this is my release plan. And 
and I want to show it to you. And this is what I'm intending to do. And it started off here, you know, and it started off that before my pre-sentence interview and, you know, I was arrested and this is what happened. And, you know, I didn't realize that I was as bad as I was and I made all these bad decisions and, you know, it's not about me and it's about the victims I created and, and it comes up till today. And then going forward, I'll just bring you updates. If you could please enter them in your file and the, and the case manager may believe you and may not believe you, but either way, you know, you will be bringing them and then just bring the case manager updates, not the whole thing all over again. And that goes for the books. And lastly, you want to log, and this is probably equally important, every meeting you have with your, your case manager, your counselor, every correction officer, every staff person. And here you want to have their name, their date, and the time and the topic. And here, this is just like life and like insurance for your future protection. And my direct analogy is going to be if you're in a car fender bender and you take, you stop, you take pictures, you get the person's insurance, their name, time, and date. And three weeks later, the insurance adjuster calls and they want to know what happened. It's not written down. You're not going to remember. And if they're at fault and you have nothing written down, then you're kind of out of luck. This is important because if they're going to, you know, if they're, if they're going to say, well, you did this thing wrong and we're going to charge you with an infraction or with a charge for you did this and you misbehaved, you could say, but, you know, this is the, this, I spoke to this person and this time and this date and this correction officer said it was okay. So it's you, it's insurance for your protection. Continuing, as you go ahead and put everything that you're doing now in writing, and as you fill these books up, one book becomes two books. You now go ahead, and you're you have you have now created a plan or your reentry plan to show your stakeholders that you're learning, you're striving to create a new path, you're addressing your criminogenic needs, and you're working to reconcile with society. Because you may at some point, maybe you'll be back in the court with the front of that judge again, where maybe you want to get off of uh, supervised release early. You know, you don't know. Maybe when at home, there's someone who can, can start a, you know, a one page, two page website for you where they enter your emails where everything that you're documenting in the journal, they're going to put online for you. That also is a, an easier way for the court and your supervised probation officer who's supervising your home supervised release while you're at home can see that, well, maybe he is, that person is turning over a new leaf. He's putting everything out in public. And so it can also, the last thing how I'll close this is that it can also begin to form in your mind another pathway for a new career, something that you haven't yet thought of, but as you're writing, you never can tell. For me personally, 
I thought of doing something like this. And I said, no, that was crazy. I, I tabled the idea. I came out and, you know, I went ahead and re got my license back. And then I detoured after that to make the transition into working with all of you, which I hope I'm doing successfully. My goal is, as others have said, is that to earn your trust, as I'm copying what someone else said, as I just mentioned. But I do hope that you have found this helpful and grateful for you taking the time out of your day to listen. Have a good, safe day.